Hey out there in podcast land, welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. It's Saturday, hopefully you're getting some rest. Um, Tomorrow will be Sunday, and I pray that you relax and rejuvenate um, so you can be ready for Monday. You know, I don't think there's such thing as retirement in God's plan. He just gives us a new assignment. (laughs) Today, we're in the 11th Psalm. And it reads, In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, Flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Here we have another psalm by David. And guess what? It is another psalm of lament. (laughs) However, there are some verses with thanksgiving and some imprecation as well. I think we can count on David giving God advice on what to do with the wicked, can't we? (laughs) He always kind of likes to tell God what he wants done on the heads of those who are wicked. And in that vein, I want us to be a little different from what we see our brother David doing. Because you see, we have an advantage over David in that we have the entire word of God before us at our disposal. We can read the Old Testament and see how God moved in the lives of his nation, the Israelites, as well as in the lives of individuals such as David, Ruth, Naomi, Esther, Samson, etc. But then we have the New Testament We get to see Jesus. We get to read his words and see how Jesus connected and interacted with the people. We have the letters of the apostles, right, which guide us through how to live as a community of believers, not just in the formal setting of church worship, so to speak, when we go to a building, but how to live as children of the kingdom of God in the world. Right, We have those letters. And ultimately, we know we have God's Holy Spirit, which lives inside of us, which helps us to navigate this world so that we can be, you know, the light in a dark place. David didn't have all this, yet he still had faith and trust in God. That we should aspire to. But what I want us to do differently is not to ask God to do bad things to the people who hurt us. You know, last episode we talked about David having a vantage point and seeing the ugly and therefore wanting God to act and strike vengeance right then and now, right then. Let us not um, petition God for things that way. Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies, does he not? You and I already know that God will judge the world for his actions. But while he tarries, 
we are to be his witnesses here on earth. We are to go to God on their behalf, asking him to touch their hearts, to change their hearts, to draw them closer to him, to give them a desire to change, to bless them. Ooh, I know that can be hard. It's hard for me with people who I don't like, who get on my nerves, who, you know, disagree with me, you know, or who may have done something I don't know whether intentionally or unintentionally, but affects me in a negative way. Right? But the Holy Spirit reminds me of what Jesus said to pray for them. And then he reminds me that in God's time, he will avenge me. As he will for all of us. So we don't need to give God any advice of what to do with our enemies. Verse 7 reaffirms why we don't need to advise God. It's because he's just and that he will bring justice in his timing. See, that's the caveat, in his timing. So oftentimes, he enlists our help, as he did with Dr. Martin Luther King here in America, the Civil Rights Movement, or Cesar Chavez for the migrant farmers over in California, and other global activists who stood up for the oppressed and the outcast, right? That's from yesterday's ep episode, the fatherless, the downtrodden, the people who are considered other. God uses us as a community of believers to show the world that we don't need to treat people that way because God is very much into justice. Justice is an extension of God's love to be just, to be kind, to want the best for our neighbor, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Cain asked the question, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are. We're not supposed to be our brother's oppressors, but we are held accountable for how we live in community, right? God is a God of justice. The upright will see his face. This Psalm reminds us that our God misses nothing nothing. David says that he sits in his holy temple, his heavenly throne, but he observes everyone and his eye examines them. God's not missing out. He's not away doing something where we're over here and our enemies are doing something. God sees it all. But as we take refuge in him, that means that we're trusting him and submitting to his direction and his timing. Because when it's all over, as David reminds us, we, you and I, will see the face of God. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you. We thank you for being a God who, even though you are seated in your heavenly throne, there isn't anything that gets by you, that you are in the details of all of our lives, that there is no place, as David coined, no place where we can go, where we can hide from you. You are everywhere, and we are glad that you are. We're glad that you see us for not only who we are, but who you created us to be. And how you keep putting us in situations so that the person that you created us to be will come forth. 
We thank you, Father, for allowing us to be in situations sometimes that are uncomfortable because they will produce perseverance and character. We thank you, Father, for not being surprised by the things that we have done, even though we may be surprised because you know our hearts. Thank you for showing us how to interact and to have fellowship with one another through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, for giving us examples of people who understood what you were calling them to do to bring about change into their communities. Help us to realize that when we come together united as your sons and daughters, great change can happen, but that you enlist us for that change. Help us to not run away from people who are in need of help. Help us to see the full spectrum of your gospel that deals with not only our souls, but how we are socially, how we are economically. We are being held accountable for our brothers and sisters. That's why you told us in your New Testament, when someone is in need and we help them, we've helped you. We honor you, Lord, and I ask that you illuminate your word to us so that we can see you clearly in the dynamics of your word and how it is not so stringent and legalistic, but that you look at the heart of mankind, that you so love the world that you gave your son so that we would see through him how to build community and how to allow your kingdom to reside in us and show the world that being your child is worth it. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being our God. And we look forward, Lord, to seeing your face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Alrighty, my podcast family, enjoy your Saturday, and I will be here on Monday. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.